This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hi. Before we get into the podcast today, I'd like to make an announcement. I've officially joined the Headstuff Podcast Network, a network home to a number of excellent podcasts. Now, if you enjoy Something Strange, nothing will change. Something Strange will remain the same, and as always, it will be completely free. However, as part of joining Headstuff Podcasts, I have now started a second show. It's called Strange Tales, and it covers lesser-known tales that cover every aspect of the weird. To listen to Strange Tales, please check out headstuffpodcast.com, and please consider becoming a member for as little as €5 Euros a month. Strange Tales is also a bi-monthly podcast, so if you're looking for a weekly helping of all things bizarre, please consider supporting me at headstuffpodcasts.com. Thank you for your time, and on with the show. The name John Teeter is one that is shrouded in mystery. First appearing online in the late 90s, the individual made outlandish claims about the nature of reality and the future of our species. However, in the vast world of the strange in which cryptids, ghosts, and aliens inhabit, there are many out there that believe the tale of John Teeter is the most believable. This is something strange. John Teeter, time traveler. In 1988, American broadcaster and author Art Bell founded Coast to Coast AM. A late-night radio talk show, Coast to Coast AM explores a variety of subjects, such as alternative science, conspiracy theories, and the paranormal phenomena. Since its beginnings, it has grown to be one of the most well-known and popular discussion radio shows in America. The program broadcasts seven evenings a week and includes a recurring cast of presenters and special guests who are subject matter experts and listeners who call in to discuss the day's topic. Government conspiracies, UFO sightings, ghosts, and other issues that are sometimes seen as being on the periphery of conventional science are all covered by Coast to Coast AM. The program has a sizable and devoted audience of listeners who tune in to hear the most recent debates and theories about the world of the weird. It is also credited with popularizing the paranormal and alternative science subgenres and has had a big influence on society, influencing a lot of novels, movies, and TV shows. While Art Bell covered a whole host of stories that ranged from the intriguing to the laughable, in 1998, 10 years after he founded Coast to Coast AM, he would be contacted by an individual 
who claimed to be a time traveler. But rather than make this claim and retreat into obscurity, the individual went online, shared knowledge about his time machine, the future, and openly answered questions. The alleged time traveler first faxed Art Bell on July 29, 1998. Art Bell read out the facts on the air during Coast to Coast AM. The time traveler said, Dear Art, I had to fax when I heard other time travelers calling in from any time past the year 2500 AD. Please let me explain. Time travel was invented in 2034. Offshoots of certain successful fusion reactor research allowed scientists at CERN to produce the world's first contained singularity engine. The basic design involves rotating singularities inside a magnetic field. By altering the speed and direction of rotation, you can travel both forward and backward in time. Time itself can be understood in terms of connected lines. When you go back in time, you travel on your original timeline. When you turn your singularity engine off, a new timeline is created due to the fact that you and your time machine are now there. In other words, a new universe is created. To get back to your original line, you must travel a split second farther back and immediately throw the engine into forward without turning it off. Some interesting outcomes of this are, one, you meet yourself. I've done it often even taking a younger version of myself along for a few rides before returning myself to the new timeline and going back to mine. Two, you can alter history in the new universe that you have just created. Most of the time, the changes are subtle. Sometimes, I'll notice car models that don't exist or books that come out late. Interestingly, when you travel in time, you must compensate for the orbit of the Earth. Since the time machine doesn't move, you have to adjust the engine so you remain on the planet when you turn it off. Unfortunately, it was also discovered that anyone going forward in time from my 2036 hit a brick wall in the year 2564. Everyone who has ever been there has reported that nothing exists. When the machine is turned off, you find yourself surrounded by blackness and silence. Now, most time travelers are trying to find out where the line went bad by going into the past, creating a new universe, and proceeding forward to see if the same thing results in 2564. It appears the line went bad around the year 2000. And I'm here now in this time to test a few theories of mine before going forward. Now, for the future you might want to know about, one, Y2K is a disaster. Many people die on the highways when they freeze to death trying to get to warmer weather. Two, the government tries to keep power by instituting martial law, but all of it collapses when their efforts to bring the power back up fail. Three, a power facility in Denver is able to restart itself, but is mobbed by hundreds of thousands of people and destroyed. This convinces most that maybe we shouldn't bring the old system back up. Four, a few years later, communal government system is developed after the constitution takes a few twists. China retakes Taiwan, Israel wins the largest battle for their life, and Russia is covered in nuclear snow from their collapsed reactors. Art, the reason I'm here now is because I believe a nuclear weapon set off by Iraq in the Middle East war with Israel might have something to do with the damaged timeline. I will test that theory and get back to you. Please pray that we discover the reason why there is no apparent future 
after 2564. For its time, the predictions were shocking. American Civil War. Nuclear fallout bringing Russia to its knees. China taking over Taiwan. And an incoming disaster that the Traveller explains will come from Y2K. It should be noted for those of our listeners who are too young to remember Y2K, it was the theory that the world's computers, as their internal clocks changed from 1999 to 2000, would cause a glitch that would have widespread and devastating repercussions on our society, such as bank accounts resetting to zero and planes falling out of the sky. According to the time traveler, it seems that with the incoming millennium, the world was at a crossroads. Listeners of Coast to Coast AM were immediately sucked into the story. While presenting Coast to Coast AM, Art Bell approached every subject with a ravenous curiosity. Whether he believed the time traveler's claims or not is not important, but Art Bell did reply directly to this mysterious person. Then, he got a reply. Dear Mr. Bell, I am glad you're back. I faxed this information to you the day before you left the air. I wanted to make sure it wasn't lost in the shuffle, so I am sending a gift. If you've already seen this, please accept my apologies. If you choose to make this public, please do not publish the fax number. I had to fax when I heard the other time traveler calling in from the recent time past, in fact, the year 2500 AD. Let me explain, Mr. Bell. I sent a fax with this opening on July 29th, 1998. As I said then, I am a time traveler. I have been on this world line since April of this year and I plan to leave soon. Typically time travelers do not purposely affect the world lines they visit. However, this mission is unusually long and I've grown attached to some of the people I have met here. Anyway, for my own reasons, I have decided to help this world line by sharing information about the future with a few people in the hope that it will help their future. I am contacting you for the same reason. I believe you can change your future by creating one now. Some of the information presented on your program may be invaluable to upline researchers. I suggest you isolate the programs that concentrate on military technology and new physics theories. Transcribe these programs and put them someplace safe away from the box. I recommend someplace in the Midwest. I also urge you to reconsider your paranoia to the Russians. They are not preparing for war with the average U.S. citizen. They are preparing for war with the U.S. government. They will eventually save this country and the lives of millions of Americans. I realize my claims are a bit difficult to accept, so I will send the following. Once I know you have received this fax, a few pages from the operations manual of my time machine, and a few colored photographs of my vehicle. If you wish to contact me, I will be happy to share with you the nature of time, the physics of time travel, and some of the events of your future. On the cusp of the year 2000, and a supposed Y2K disaster, the time traveler vanished. After the second fact, the individual did not reach out to Art Bell again, and soon the story faded away. However, shortly after the looming spectre of Y2K was nothing more than a failed doomsday prediction by many, the time traveler emerged once again, this time on the official Art Bell forum. He posted under the name 
John Titor. Until Titor stopped posting online and allegedly returned home to his time, this is where he would focus his efforts on interacting with people. In his first post on the forum, Titor said the following. I am a time traveler from the year 2036. I am on my way home after getting an IBM 5100 computer system from the year 1975. My time machine is a stationary mass, temporal displacement unit manufactured by General Electric. The unit is powered by two topspin dual positive singularities that produce a standard offset Tipler sinusoid. I will be happy to post pictures of the unit. My initial flight was from 2036 to 1975. I then went from 1975 to 2000. Later this year, one of two favorable windows will open and I will return to my 2036. I am here now for personal reasons. Personal messages, forum threads, live chat. Titor was keen to do it all. Whereas previously he was elusive when he first faxed Art Bell on Coast to Coast AM in 1998, he would now openly interact with just about anyone who wanted to talk to him. And, as he promised in his previous message, as a means of proof, Titor shared not only the instruction manual to his temporal displacement unit, but also images of the unit itself. Freely available online to anyone who wishes to see them, the images of the unit are incredibly bizarre, but interesting. The unit was apparently retrofitted into a regular car, and they show a large black rectangle box with its top open. Coming out from inside the box are various wires and apparatuses, while inside the box a number of levers and buttons can be seen. Within the manual, there are a number of intriguing details, including an image of Titor's alleged military insignia, and also a diagram fully breaking down every element of this time-temporal displacement unit. Furthermore, Titor also went into some detail about his original mission to 1975, and why exactly he needs to secure an, an IBM 5100 computer system. The 5100 had a very simple and unique feature that IBM did not account for and decided it was not in their best interest to advertise, which in hindsight was not very smart. This accidental feature was thus removed from any future desktop computers. In order to take advantage of this feature, the 5100 I have now required a couple of special tweaks that had to be done by one of the software engineers in 1975. Anyone who is familiar with this feature and was told to keep their mouth shut about it will be able to tell you what it is. After speaking about his role and even going as far to show images of the unit itself, Titor was asked about the process of time travel. Titor explained, Interesting question. The unit has a ramp-up time after the destination coordinates are fed into the computers. An audible alarm and a small light start a short countdown, at which point you should be secured in a seat. 
The gravity field generated by the unit overtakes you very quickly. You feel a tug toward the unit similar to rising quickly in an elevator, and it continues to rise based on the power setting the unit is working under. At 100% power, the constant pull of gravity can be as high as 2 Gs or more depending on how close you are to the unit. There are no serious side effects, but I try to avoid eating before a flight. No bright flash of light is seen. Outside, the vehicle appears to accelerate as the light is bent around it. We have to wear sunglasses or close our eyes as this happens due to a short burst of ultraviolet radiation. Personally, I think it looks like you're driving under a rainbow. After that, it appears to fade to black and remains totally black until the unit is turned off. We are advised to keep the windows closed as a great deal of heat builds up outside the car. The gravity field also traps a small air pocket around the car that acts as your only 0-2 supply unless you bring compressed air with you. This pocket will only last for a short period, and a carbon sensor tells us when it's too dangerous. The C204 unit is accurate from 50 to 60 years a jump and travels at about 10 years an hour at 100% power. You do hear a slight hum as the unit operates, and when the power changes or the unit turns off, there is a great deal of electrical crackling noise from static electricity. With Titor still incredibly engaged with people on the Artbell forums, specific questions were asked in order to gain a better understanding of how exactly time travel works. Directly addressing the idea of time paradoxes, Titor said, The paradoxes. If you went back in time and visited your granny during her ninth birthday, don't kill her. Because if you put a gun to her head and pulled the trigger, she could not have given birth to your mom. You certainly were never born. Therefore, you could not have killed anyone as you never existed. Now this means your granny couldn't have been killed by you. She didn't die nine years old. This permits you to be born. If you were born, could you go back and kill your granny? No, not your real granny. This general idea has been used in Back to the Future. Marty nearly stops himself from being born when he prevents his parents from falling in love, solving the problem. One, you simply can't change history, meaning if you go back in time, you have no free will, as shown in 12 Monkeys, Crime Traveler, etc. Events will get in your way if you try to kill your granny. You can't do it. Two, when you so-called change history, you're actually moving up a different branch in time into another universe. The previous universe, where you were born, still exists. When you fire the gun, you're really killing another version of your grandmother. Three, any actions you make in the so-called past has no affects on the present. It's a different timeline universe. The law's true solutions don't present real-time travel as you go into another world. Conclusion. We can't simply use the grandmother paradox to rule out time travel claiming it causes logical inconsistencies. We need to look at all the possibilities. Titor was, and still is, a highly polarizing character. However, when posting on the Artbell forums, he would actively engage with his detractors. You assume I am here to start a war? Consider this. You are a time traveler who wishes to go back in time to 1941 because your grandparents live close to Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. You realize you can't stop the war, but you may be able to help them prepare for it. Strangely, December 7th comes and goes with no sneak attack. As the war in Europe rages on, Japan fails to join the Axis power. 
there is no war in the Pacific, and the United States remains neutral. Then you watch as Germany begins to develop the atomic bomb and all by themselves. For a change, I have a question for all of you. I want you to think, think very hard. What major disaster was expected and prepared for in the last year and a half that never happened? As far as war goes, I have faith you are quite capable of starting one all by yourself. I am hard-pressed to accept any criticism on my outlook on that subject. Growing up might have been a vastly different experience for me than it was for most of you. Personal responsibility, determination, honor, friendship, and self-reliance are not just words we try to live up to or fantasize about. On my world line, life is not easy. We live in a world recovering from years of war, poison, destruction, and hate. All of it. Courtesy of the thinking and actions of people that live right now in the same world you do, worrying about which stocks to buy or whether or not a stranger is lying to them on the internet. I believe that hardship and challenge develop character and community. My first experience with war came when I joined a shotgun infantry unit at the age of 13. In the four years I served as a rebel, I watched hundreds of people get shot, burn, and bleed to death. I know exactly where I was and every detail of the exact moment the first nuclear warheads began falling on Jacksonville. I know the pain and regret of not acting soon enough to enjoy a relationship as a loved one dies of brain cancer from a war that gained nothing. How can you possibly criticize me for any conflict that comes to you? I watch every day what you are doing as a society. While you sit by and watch your constitution being torn away from you, you willfully eat poisoned food, buy manufactured products no one needs, and turn an uncaring eye away from millions of people suffering and dying all around you. Is this the universal law you subscribe to? Throughout the time John Titor was online, he provided a lot of answers to the questions that were posed to him. However, more questions and answers remain. Did Titor prevent Y2K from being the disaster he predicted? Assuming Titor is right and that there are multiple active time travelers, why is he the first and only to make contact. As his predictions have not panned out, how different is our world line compared to his? Did he, because of his openness to talk about his work, alter our journey towards achieving time travel? In one of Titor's many messages to the world, he mentioned that his mission to 1975 was to obtain an IBM 5100 because it had a feature, one secret feature he needed to utilize. A feature that only the 20 IBM 5100 programmers from 1975 knew about. In the years after John Teeter revealed himself to the world, one of the original developers of the IBM 5100 said that, regardless if Teeter's time travel claims were real or just a hoax, the IBM 5100 did indeed have a special feature. A feature that only the core programming team knew about. Why 
Was John Teeter a time traveler that found himself choosing to stay in our time? Or perhaps, was this merely a hoax that captivated the minds of internet users in the early 2000s? And will we ever perhaps see the return of John Teeter as we near closer and closer to the supposed year of the discovery of time travel in 2036? Input, Alpha. Biometric image approved. Please state designation. Coordinates, year. Arrival message. Teeter, dash NCC 1701. Time displacement unit active. Coordinates, 27, 450266-80, Time frame, 2036. Arrival message, quote, open the pod bay doors, Hal, unquote, activate. Activated. Thank you for listening to Something Strange. Please consider following Something Strange on Twitter, which is at a strange pod. We're also on both Instagram and TikTok at Something Strange Pod. Or perhaps if you'd like to email me directly, you can contact me at somethingstrangepod at gmail.com. Something Strange is written, produced, and performed by me, Dennis Murphy. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.